Aaron. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. You might want to listen to today's program very, very carefully because we move from an inauguration to an invasion. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence has set up a body to counter foreign disinformation, whatever that is. The U.S. has established a Foreign Malign Influence Center to address foreign threats to elections as well as the public opinion within the country. Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines revealed a Senate Armed Services Committee hearing on Thursday for the very first time that this Ministry of Truth now has actually been launched. Operating under the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, The Foreign Ministry or Foreign Malign Influence Center has access to, quote, all intelligence possessed or created pertaining to foreign malign information, including election security, unquote. For the agency's purposes, foreign, the word foreign, means originating in Russia, Iran, China, North Korea, or, quote, any other foreign country that the director of the center deems appropriate. While foreign malign influence is defined as any hostile effort undertaken by or at the direction of or on behalf of or with the substantial support of one of the named countries in order to influence covertly or overtly the U.S. government and policy. Thursday's hearing was the first public mention, as I said, of the existence of this new Ministry of Truth. Intelligence officers questioned the need for another agency with the same purpose as the Global Engagement Center. But Avril Haines addressed some of those concerns in Thursday's hearing, insisting that this new group was was working to, quote, support the Global Engagement Center. Support the Global Engagement Center. Now, in an interesting turn of events that actually we've been aware of now for a very long time, in just two days, the lifting of Title II by putative President Joe Biden is going to unleash the greatest invasion that experienced on these shores. And all of these people are coming from foreign countries all over the world. They're not just coming from Mexico. They're coming from Venezuela. They're coming from Guatemala. They're coming from El Salvador. They're coming from China. They're coming from Turkey. They're coming from all over the world. And how are they getting here? Well, they're getting here because the current putative government under Joe Biden and his administration have welcomed them. While fighting about influence from Russia and China and uh, North Korea and other so-called malignant states, they are actually opening the floodgates for 700,000-plus 
people to swarm across our southern border in just two days. Just two days from now. They're expecting that the actual number that will cross daily is at least 10,000. I want you to try to imagine this. This is a government-sponsored invasion. Well, we're being told that our government is very concerned about malign, foreign malign influences and have established a foreign malign influence center to address foreign threats. They are actually welcoming, fostering, fomenting, financing, encouraging, under color of law, the massive, the greatest invasion in the history of this country. But why? The facts are, that's what's happening. And that's what's going to happen. In fact, during Mr. Biden's administration already, there have been, what, two and a half, three million uh, new people flood across the board, the border, as he purposely lifted all of the efforts, including the building of the wall that Mr. Trump had put in to slow down all of this and to begin to gain dominion and control over it. But Mr. Trump, you see, was against globalism. That's why they hated him so much. They didn't hate him because of his tweets. They hated him because he said, we're going to make America great again. And that went 100% against their conviction that we were on the edge of creating a new world government. Whether you want to call it the Great Reset, proposed and sponsored by the World Economic Forum, whether you want to call it Agenda 2030, sponsored by the United Nations, or whether you want to call it just mere globalism, sponsored by the Biden administration, John Kerry, head of the environmental uh, representation of the Biden administration, all of them collectively are dedicated to reducing this nation, the United States of America, economically, militarily, spiritually, in every way, reducing this country to the point where there is no more allegiance left sufficient to resist a new world order, a global government. Now, I want to ask you a question. Which do you think is more dangerous some foreign influence from Russia, of which we have discovered most of what has been represented was untrue. It was disinformation coming from the very sources that are seeking to prevent disinformation. We've been hearing so much about the influence of China in the Biden administration and how Joe Biden and his entire family have virtually sold out their souls to China for a buck. So why, then, this foreign malign influence center, the so-called Ministry of Truth, to try to prevent disinformation coming from Russia or China when the disinformation is actually being insinuated into the mind and heart of Americans from the Biden administration and 
from the media that has become their, shall we say, PR representative. Friends, this is not just about politics, as usual. What we are talking about now is not the legitimate role of politics in the United States of America. What we're talking about here is something monumental. It is something that takes the the idea of a inauguration, a crowning, a coronation, and then extrapolates it into the crowning and coronation of a new world order. That really is what is being implemented. And I found it fascinating that the cover of Newsweek magazine had a picture of the new king, King Charles III in England, with this title, Born a King. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. A government-sponsored invasion for the purpose of reducing the overall ability of Americans to identify with their country and to provide the strength necessary to resist the absorption of this country into a new utopian global government. That's really what we're talking about. So when I saw this cover story from Newsweek, nonetheless, with a picture of Charles III, crowned king of the British Empire, that the history says the sun never set on the British Empire, therefore it was an early expression of globalism an early expression of a global empire to be under the rule of England and its king. The United States decided, you know what? We don't have, we're not going to have a king. King George is not going to rule over us. And so when we had a revolutionary war, you'll recall that the resistance was against the domination of the monarch, the monarchy in Great Britain, which actually valued a globalistic, utopian kind of world order under England's dominion rather than the freedom of the individual people that were governed. And so we had the phrase rise up, no taxation without representation. But it wasn't just about taxation. It was about the spirit of the whole thing. And that was, there was no place for freedom. No place for liberty. We were under the governance of a world order. The British world order. 
Now, when the revolution was completed and uh, we were working on a constitution, the colonists rose up and they said, we're going to make George Washington king. That was the popular mode of the day because they only understood kingship and monarchy. But then rose up another cry. No, we have no king but Jesus. No king but Jesus. That was the cry that came up in America's colony. In other words, they wanted Jesus to be Lord of their lives because only then would they have freedom and liberty under God, not under a monarch. When George Washington refused to become king, King George remarked that he must be the greatest man in the world because no man, no mere man, would be willing to turn down such power and glory as a king. Now, that was the foundation of the country politically. The foundation of the country actually came about in 1607, 1620, and 1630. It was the spiritual birth and foundation of the country. So when I saw this cover story of Newsweek with a picture of King Charles III now to reign over the world, so to speak, and by the way, that's exactly what he pledged to do. Perhaps you missed it when he made that declaration. Remember the orb that was placed in front of him that had the crown jewel, the greatest, the largest diamond in the world from from Africa, the African diamond? And that globe orb represented the whole world that his governance in a broader sense was not just over the British Empire but was over the world that's how they saw it in the past and that's what was communicated whether you realized it or not that's what was communicated Underneath, in all of the ritual and grandeur and pomp and circumstance of the coronation. What's fascinating about that is the words that were attached on that Newsweek cover story. Born to be king. I saw those words and immediately I recalled the words of Isaiah, the prophet, in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But Charles is seen as the Prince of Peace. He sees himself as the Prince of Peace. And that's one of the reasons why he has declared climate change or governing the climate 
to be one of his principal endeavors in a godlike fashion to control the climate that God himself created. As if that were really possible. The chutzpah that's involved with all of this, whether you realize it or not, amidst the glory and the pomp and the circumstance of the golden carriage and all of the wonderful, even the quoting of scripture and so on, which is wonderful. But lurking below it all was the spirit of globalism. The inauguration of a king, Queen Elizabeth, was a God-fearing woman. King Charles is attempting to be a God-emulating person without fearing God. That's the reason, my friends, why, instead of being the defender of the faith, he did not like that terminology. He fought with the Church of England over it. Finally, he agreed to use that phrase, but what he really said was, all face. In other words, for him, all face are co-equal. But I'm going to contend, that is, King Charles is going to contend, at least for public consumption, that he heads up the Church of England. Whether or not he truly has any allegiance to the God of that church is quite another matter. Because his greater allegiance is to world government. He is one of the key leaders of the one world global enterprise to unite the entire world into a the uh, a global world order. In other words, the resurrection of the spirit of the ancient tower of Babel, right out of Genesis chapter 11, that God despised. This is what we're dealing with now. If we do not understand the greater picture, the panoply of this, we're going to be deceived. This is one of the reasons why Jesus made it very plain that the deception of this time just before his second coming would be so great that if it were possible, even the very small remnant elect would be deceived. Because it's very deceptive. It's very deceptive and luring. Alluring. Who doesn't want to get caught up in the pomp and circumstance of the glory of uh, not-so-jolly old England? I say not so jolly old because the reality is that less than a third of all the English people truly claim to follow Christ. Less than a third. In fact, it's much less than that. About 40% claim to be Christian, that is, in a cultural kind of way. In other words, they're not Muslim, they're not Sikh, and so on. So, England is not what would be representative or seem to be represented in the coronation. What we're talking about is a spirit that is much, much greater. It's the spirit of a counterfeit Christ figure. The Bible calls it Antichrist. 
It's an anti-Christ spirit. Now, please don't take what I've said and say that somehow this this fellow here on the air is calling Prince uh, King Charles the Antichrist. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that what is happening is a manifestation of the rapid process of the world, the trajectory of the world toward this new global order and what took place in England this weekend is part of it. Because Prince Charles, now known as Charles III, is indeed one of the most consummate, dedicated globalists in the world. It is he who is uh, dedicated to the agenda of the World Economic Forum and its Great Reset, as is Joe Biden. They are all in this together. And so, there are very few now that are resisting that. One of those that has been resisting that is a fellow by the name of Donald J. Trump. Because he came out in 2015 in his announcement for the presidency and said, we're going to make America great again. That's where the MAGA thing came from. Make America great again. And these globalist leaders, including both Democrats and Republicans, by the way, were so dedicated to the global agenda that had been announced by a Republican president, George Herbert Walker Bush, in 1990 before the United States Congress, declaring a new world order being born. And he was the first president ever to declare those words. Then over 200 times during his administration, he repeated them so that throughout the United States and the world, no longer was the idea or the words new world order or global government now deemed to be conspiracy theory. It was reality. And that, they said, is exactly what we're doing. Tony Blair, then Prime Minister of of, uh, the UK, said exactly the same thing. He said, the kaleidoscope has been shaken, and now we are heading inexorably toward the fulfillment of this great global system. Right after that, he went to New York, and he formed this new religious forum organization which he said was dedicated to, ex- to uh, uh, prepare the world for globalism through the uniting of the world's religions. That was the Prime Minister of Britain. He has continued to do that. Now, much of what I have shared with you here so far today, has just been extemporaneous, impromptu, but I have been—I I felt inspired to share some of these things with you because so many people do not understand what is taking place in our world. They're caught unawares. They're just caught unawares, even professing Christians, pastors. They don't quite get it. 
They know something's going on. They sense that, but otherwise they're just conducting business as usual without any sense of real solemnity about what is happening and to prepare their congregations and their people accordingly. And that's where this program takes over, among others. Because here on this program, we're dedicated to preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. We're, we're rebuilding the foundations of faith and freedom here in this country. We're confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. And that's the only one that really counts. Republican perspective and Democrat perspective are relatively irrelevant. What is relevant is God's perspective. And where do we find that? We find it in a book called The Bible that now has been relegated to a museum in Washington, D.C. Think about it. We'll be right back, friends, and take a look at globalism, the anti-gospel. Stay tuned. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Chapter 7 of my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, is called Globalism, the Anti-Gospel. Under that heading are these words taken from the chapter. Man devises his own ways, seeking to create a utopian world order promising peace, inevitably through a counterfeit prince of peace. Did you know that Prince Charles, now called Charles III, has a massive statue in South America, a massive winged statue in South America dedicated to him, celebrating his role in being the agent of world peace. I want you to think about that. But before we go further, the first paragraph of this chapter reads this. We shall have world government whether or not we like it, declared James Paul Warburg on February 17, 1950. He was speaking before the United States Senate. He said the only question is whether world government will be achieved by conquest or consent. I want to jump off from those words to go back in just a moment to the government-sponsored invasion that is about to take place in mega-terms in two days. 
But before we do, I want to make available to you the book Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. It's a $22 book, uh, 400 and some, 450 pages, I think it is. Uh, you are not going to be disappointed. I, I tell you, you're going to, you, as you begin to read it, you're going to have to absorb it. Because it's going to tie together the history of our world, biblical history and prophecy, the events of our time, in a way that perhaps you have never, ever, ever considered. It's going to open your eyes to what is really taking place in our world and what we can anticipate in the days and weeks to come. $22 on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter. All right. Again, the words of John Paul, James Paul Warburg in 1950 before the U.S. Congress, U.S. Senate, said the only question is whether world government will be achieved by conquest or consent. I want you to think about this for just a moment. We opened the program today talking about the so-called new ministry of truth that the U.S. government under Joe Biden has launched. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence set up a body to counter foreign disinformation. But what if the foreign disinformation is actually protected by the government itself as information rather than disinformation? What if the greater invasion and danger is coming from that which the government itself has sponsored? The largest invasion in the history of this country. 700,000 people set to flood over our national border as Mr. Biden stubbornly and provocatively refuses to hold secure Title 42, which has present, prevented so many people from coming across the border in such a flood. Remember, it was Joe Biden who not only frustrated and stopped the building of the wall that Donald Trump had uh, largely built, but began tearing it down, costing Americans many millions of dollars every month as all the parts were laid to rust in storage. Now, why did he do that? Because he wanted the people around the world, and particularly south of the border, to come flooding into this country. But why did he want to do that? Some people will say, well, it's because he wants to build up, the Democrat Party wants to build up their voting roster with uh, people that they are convinced will ultimately vote for them because they let him into the country. Well, that's one answer, and uh, I'm not going to try to disabuse you of that uh, rationale. But the rationale is much bigger than that. The bigger and greater rationale 
understanding is that he wants to flood the country with people who ultimately have no historical allegiance to this country. In other words, coming here to get the goodies, but they have no comprehension, no understanding, no commitment to our history, and neither do our young people, which have been de- deprived of that through our teachers and universities over the past 40 years, so that our young people, Generation Z, and their parents have almost no allegiance left to their country. Why? Why has this been done? It's been done, friends, to dilute, to dilute the strength of the country, the moral strength, the historical strength, the political strength, the patriotic strength, the financial strength. It's been used to diminish every single aspect of allegiance to this country so that this country will be primed as the only ultimate country other than Israel to be assimilated into this new grand utopian global order. That's what it's about. And it's a government-sponsored invasion. This, my friends, is a government-sponsored insurrection. Dare we use the term. It's designed to undo the loyalty of the American people to their country. So let me put it in other words. Let's suppose that you like to drink coffee. I have a cup right here. A a cup of coffee, I like dark coffee myself, and I like it black. But let's suppose that this cup of coffee that I have in my hand, I were to pour, uh, say, uh, five or six ounces of water into this cup of coffee. What would happen? It would still look a bit brown, not nearly as brown as it is now, but the taste of it would be so changed that it would be virtually unpalatable. No one would want to drink it, certainly not me. And that's what's being done to our country. It's being diluted by the purposeful invasion, the welcoming invasion of those who are not entitled to be here, refuse to submit to the rule of law to get here. Our purpose is not to be against uh, immigration. That's not the point. Lawful immigration was always designed to help prepare people to enter American society, the country, and become part of the country not just to rape its uh, social uh, benefits, but to invest themselves in the well-being and purpose of the country for which it was founded. That has long since been abandoned. This is the reason why it has been almost impossible to have what they call comprehensive immigration reform because there are Republicans 
and the majority of Democrats who do not want such reform. And they have their reasons. Some of it is to line their pockets. Big business wanting to line their pockets with inexpensive labor. But the major reason lurking under it that nobody seems to understand or talk about is the total dilution of the American spirit, the American heart, the American will, the American patriotism, the loyalty to the country, the understanding of what it means to be a, 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 in, the, in America, the whole understanding of what the, the phrase, in God we trust, even meant. All of that is rendered meaningless and mere ritual. It is a government-sponsored invasion that's tantamount to a government-sponsored insurrection. And it is wickedness beyond comprehension. It is the spirit of globalism, the spirit of the rebuilding of the Tower of Babel, which God said he hated, and that's why he confounded the languages, and that's where we got the term Babel from. The Tower of Babel. Is this making any sense? Again, I urge you to seriously consider getting a copy of the book Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, because it's going to unfold for you uh, so much of what we're talking about here in ways that you have never contemplated, I'm sure. This is a big deal. This is no longer something of conspiracy theory. When the United States Senate heard the demand in 1950, when a Republican president, George Herbert Walker Bush, declared his intent to open the floodgates to a global government and a new world order in 1990 before the United States Congress, when he, in turn, voted for a consummate globalist, Hillary Clinton, the Republican voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016, because both of them were dedicated to a new world order, just like Bill Clinton had been and had been re- prepared as a Rhodes Scholar to do just that. We'll be right back, friends. And we've just begun. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. date was September 11th, 1990. President George Herbert Walker Bush stood before a joint session of Congress 
a fresh wind of seeming patriotism blowing across the country. And here's what the 41st president of the United States said. He said, the crisis in the Persian Gulf, as grave as it is, also offers a rare opportunity to move toward an historic period of cooperation. What is that historic period? Here's what he said. Out of these troubled times, a new world order can emerge, a new era. The new world, said, uh, declared President George H.W. Bush, is struggling to be born. The opportunity he so eagerly desired to seize was the building of a new world order. Over 200 times, the senior President Bush declared this new world order during his administration. By the way, his son, George W. Bush, was also a consummate globalist. The whole Bush family. And when he declared this new world order during his administration, it was historic. Never before in the history of this country had those words left the mouth of a president. It was like man's glorious gospel of self-salvation, of utopian peace, of global safety without the God of creation in his biblical revelation. A substitute God would be prepared, designed democratically, without dogma or doctrine, offensive to a multicultural, religious, pluralistic world intent on global unity. Eleven years later, the Prime Minister of Britain, Tony Blair, as I mentioned earlier, delivered the most powerful speech of his career. One member of Parliament said he spoke as if he were president of the world. Here's what he said. This is the moment to seize. The kaleidoscope has been shaken. Let us reorder this world around us. Today, humankind is the technology to destroy itself or to provide prosperity to all. Yet science can't make that choice for us. Only the moral power of a world acting as a community can. He was calling for a grand new world order. A world government. So there's unity fever all over the world. There's been unity fever all over the world since the 1970s, friends. I've watched it happen from coast to coast when I was practicing law as an attorney, a trial attorney in California. I witnessed it happening everywhere. When coming to the East Coast, the same spirit. The emerging globalism is being forged out of the multitude of prevalent isms in our world. The most significant are the science-isms, the social-isms, the political-isms, and the religious-isms. But the ultimate goal is of an unprecedented material-ism to produce what is now universally known as global-ism. It's a belief system, a complete belief system. But it's going to require some sort of a peace plan. And that involves the effort to unite the nations, contrary to God's express command of the Bible, by the way, and to build a global tower system that would reach heaven, or at least create man's best heaven on earth, thus supposedly saving the earth from the inevitable consequence of sinful rebellion. So, the great sin now of globalism is environmentalism. 
The only way you can be saved today is not by submitting to Christ as Savior, but by submitting to the mandate of the New World Order for environmental salvation. This is what Charles III has long stood for and declared even there in his uh, coronation. From the ruins of World War II, a global phenomenon has begun, and it's been continuing on ever since uh, May 14th, 1948. So Europe began a breathtaking rise to the world prominence in 1951. With the establishment of the European Coal and Steel Community, or Common Market, you remember that, the Treaties of Rome in 1957 and 1958, then the European Currency in 1999, the Euro, the Maastricht Treaty of 1993, established the political entity known as the European Union. This is part of the development, the reestablishment of the ancient Roman Empire of antiquity. This is the power that the prophet Daniel in the Old Testament foresaw and told us about. The spirit of Rome moving into one global enterprise destined to declare dominion over the souls of men. The final reviving of the Roman Empire. You see, the Roman Empire existed at the time when Christ came on earth. He was crucified by Roman soldiers at the demand of Jewish leaders. They were complicit. But now, this Roman Empire of the past, which never fully died, is being reborn dramatically. The European dream was the first attempt at creating global consciousness. That's what Jeremy Rifkin spoke about. He said, we're just not really aware of what took place with that uh, uh, rebuilding of the uh, European uh, dream, European Union. But that was just a part. That was just a part of the bigger picture. Now we have... NATO. NATO is the unification of the Western nations that were all part of the ancient Roman Empire that seemed to disappear, but now is reappearing through NATO, and even nations that were on the periphery of that, that nobody ever dreamed would be part of it, because of Russia's attack on Ukraine, are now being brought into NATO. The first being Norway, or Finland, rather. Sweden will come next, particularly if Mr. Erdogan is defeated in his upcoming election. This is the spirit of globalism, friends. It's happening all over the world. Now, are you aware of how uh, the prophet Daniel in the Old Testament described this, uh, this final beast empire. 
It's pretty amazing how he described it. He talked about a, uh, a bunch of animals, a leopard and a lion and a bear. He talked about all these different animals and this great final Roman Empire, the unification of the Western world in its final effort to be, establish a global government is encompassing all of those animalistic characteristics. So much so that if you were not aware of it, I believe that it's there at the UN in New York where a massive statue has been placed there to resemble as best the artist could understand this figure of these the unification of these various beasts to represent the coming new world order right there at the United Nations. Now, that having been said, I want to go back to what caused us to begin this today. And that is, in two days, Joe Biden dedicated to turning this country over to a globalist one-world order, confirmed by his environmental czar, John Kerry, in words, all of them committed to the Great Reset of the World Economic Forum in 2030 to the 2030 agenda of the United Nations, all of them now sponsoring the greatest invasion of this country to dilute, dilute the ability of the United States to resist the coming one world government. Now, what's going to happen? in order to finally drive that message. Why do you think the Biden administration is so intent on getting rid of all firearms and particularly uh, automatic weapons in this country? Because they don't want there to be any possible resistance. They have a plan. And the plan is to move us into a one-world government. If they can bring in 700,000 people, at least 10,000 a day, and that's just from the southern border. Now the northern border has been opened up as well. And when the president says, I'm going to send down 1,500 troops to help in this situation down there, you might think that he's sending them down there to protect the border. Oh, no. He's sending them down there to help facilitate bringing them across the border. That is his declared purpose. Friends, this is not just about politics. This is about, this is the merging of politics economics, uh, 
military power and our spiritual natures all in one. It is the complete merger of all so that ultimately the state through the new world order will be Lord of all. Lord of all. That's the reason why Klaus Schwab, founder and head of the World Economic Forum, made those that infamous statement that ultimately you will own nothing and be happy about it. What do you think that means? It means that all moral and spiritual choice that you ever thought you had, you will no longer have, except to be exercised at the supreme risk of life and limb. And that's exactly what the Bible portrays is going to happen. Jesus told us about it. The Apostle Paul warned about it. The Apostle Peter warned about it. The Apostle John warned about it. The Apostle James warned about it. You don't even have to go to the book of Revelation to find out about it. It's right there in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 24. It's in Mark. It's in Luke. It's in the epistles of the Apostle Paul, the epistles of the Apostle Peter, the epistles of the Apostle John, and you and I are called to this moment in human history for such a time as this. The question is, what will you and I do? Who really are we anyway? This is really not about Americans, per se. It's about whether your allegiance is to God, the creator of heaven and earth, and his son, Jesus Christ, and to God alone. God alone is fit to make the universe his throne. Let everything that breathes reserve us to his praise. For God and God alone. The God of the Bible, not the God of the one world order. Thanks for joining us. Again, get a copy of the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. $22 on our website, saveus.org. Become a partner, friend. Send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries. Do it today. God bless. Listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 